Yeah, I'm very grateful recovering alcoholic. Amen. I can give you two sobriety dates. One was uh, 1962 and one was 1972. But the 72 one's the one that took. The 62 didn't. You know, when I went to celebrate my birthday about two years after I'd been in this program, they said, well, when is your sobriety date? I said, I don't know. You have to ask that out now. <laughs> when I got here, I didn't have much left. It was a wet brain. You know, I drank from a very early age. That's the way I cope with life. That's the way I cope with problems. Good, bad, indifferent, I drank. That's the only life I knew. I come from a drinking family. But that's not their fault. They didn't know no different. That's the way they were raised. It was passed on from generation to generation. My mother's father was an alcoholic. He died of drinking. Along with during the, I think it was the First World War, he got gassed when he was in it. That and drinking killed him. My dad, the last few years he was alive, he didn't drink any, but physically he wasn't able to. My mother, she finally quit about five years ago. So it was a pattern. So I could say, well, I was born to be an alcoholic. An alcoholic just developed in me through personality, through the genes, whatever. Long time I didn't want to be an alcoholic, so I didn't want to be different. <coughs> they told me in the military they stamped acute alcoholism on my record. They did not ask me to serve them anymore. Three and a half years I had two general court marshals. I'll do the alcohol. Many relationships went through alcohol. See, I drank for effect. I drank to kill the mind. And I like to destroy the mind. I had a sponsor back there from Tripoli, Libya, was at the time. Oh, Johnny, Tom M., he was from Denton, Texas. After I come back to States, he went to Denton. And I'd get drunk, and I'd call him, and he'd say, Larry, go back to the meeting. And I'd hang the damn phone up on him. I didn't want to hear what the hell he had to say. <laughs> Next time I'd get to hurting, I'd get that telephone itis again. 
I called old Tom, and he's he like a damn broken record. I think he had a tape, and he just put it on his damn telephone. <laughs> Larry, go back to the meeting. You know, it was my privilege when the man died that I had 10 years in this program at that time. That was God's gift back to him for having patience with me. See, I was a little different. I was a little strange. And I was a hell of a lot isolated. I could be part of nothing. I was always separated from. And the only reason I needed you was for what I could get out of you. I always had all carried in motive. No, sooner or later, I'm going to get what I wanted. Well, time rocks on now. I got a good position, a good job. I went back up in Chicago, Illinois, Windy City. Good place for an alcoholic to be. A lot of bars up there. Got into high-rise construction. A lot of good drinkers in high-rise construction. Especially them damn iron workers, they always had a drink. When nobody else did and I couldn't find one from nobody else, I'd go see the iron workers. They always had some. You know, I worked myself up to running crew jobs. All during this 10 years, I was, sometimes I'd moderate on my drinking, other times it was heavy drinking, and I'd blame it on the pressure of the job. Too much stress. And I got the bright idea, like the book says, you try the church routine. Solid year, I helped them open and close the door to the churches. I come home one Sunday, never to draw another sober breath until the time I hit this fellowship again. That elevator went straight down. There were no slide to it. Seven DWIs, in and out of jail, calling her from Cook County to Page County and every county around the Chicago area to come get me out of jail. And good outlines, you know, they got to have that paycheck coming in so she can come bail me out. See, I had a train. Because she needed that paycheck. She had two small youngins there to feed. She had house payments. She had two cars to pay for. She had all them good things. And I get in jail, I, I bargain with God. Well, get me out of here now. God, I ain't going to drink no more. So she'd come bail me out. 
So when I get out, I'd start popping them Budweiser's again. Thank you, God. Don't need you no more. Now you go on over there and be still a while. And I'd get right back in jail again, and it'd be the same shit, just like a broken record, like when I was calling Tom, that broken record was going again. <laughs> and on the 18th of August, 1972, I had a point of surrender. I made it to that cop that picked me up that I was an alcoholic. I needed help. He still took my butt right on back to jail. <laughs> but this time something happened that night. They talk about these spiritual experiences. See, I didn't realize what the hell was going on, but that's when I truly surrendered. To the fact of who I was. I didn't accept it at that time, though. There's a difference between surrendering and accepting. It wasn't until four years later that I accepted that I was an alcoholic. That alcoholism is a disease of spirit, mind, and body. The three-phase illness, that's what my book teaches me. You deal with one phase, you're going to fail. You got to deal with all phases, at least I had to. That's a simple program. You know them damn alcoholics lie. Bill wrote the book, Bob wrote the book, and first hundred alcoholics, they were damn alcoholics. They were liars too. Why so simple about saying, here I am, God, take me and do with me what the hell you want to now. I ain't going to worry about it. Third step, made a decision to turn my life and get over to him. Uh-uh. Not after the shit that had happened in my life, I didn't want no part of God. Because I had the wrong God. I didn't see that God of uh, love, compassion, and understanding. I seen that God every time I wanted something, he'd take it away from me. I become cold-hearted. I couldn't care for nothing. I sat around these programs for the first four years wanting to drink so damn bad I didn't know what the hell to do. I could just taste it. Because I hadn't accepted my surrender to alcoholism. I tried to work these damn steps and they didn't make no damn sense. See, I'd read them. But I couldn't understand what I was reading. I'd read the big books and I'd put things in there that weren't in there. I'd add words to it. 
And they say some of us are constitutionally incapable of being honest. I said, well, shit, that's me. Now give me a good excuse. And that old pain would start eating at me. And then I either I had to go forward in them steps or else I had to take me a damn drink. One or the other. That was my option. You know, when I first started going to the program, we was all sitting around talking one night. Guy said, well, how many meetings should I go to? Another guy asked him, well, how many days a week did you drink? First year I was in this program, I went to 365 meetings. If that tells you something. You see, I got a lot of mixed races in me. Part of me is Indian, part of me is Irish. And when them personalities get in there, none of them want to be slighted. Now, one of them personalities like Budweiser. Another one of them personalities were like old Fred Stafford. He liked Ripple. Another one of them personalities like that old home run, or whiskey. Now you put that all in the pot and start stirring it up. And then like they show them old movies in the Western, them Indians going on the warpath, this Indian went on the warpath. <coughs> That's something I'm not very proud of. I've become very violent in the last part of my drinking. I wouldn't drink at home. I drank on the street. I'd come home just long enough to tell the hell on and go to work. And it was the same thing the next night, the next night, day. I drank all day and all night. I drank to live and I lived to drink. When I got here, you said, they, you can find a new way of life. And I said, how? Some of them old times said, well, Larry, get honest with yourself. I said, shit, how the hell you get honest? That's beyond me. See, I'd lied so long to myself that I believed my own lie. That's how sick I was. You know, when I first got in this program, I didn't want to be around these ladies. I had a standoffish attitude for a lot of years in this program. And that was me. My insanity didn't go away quick. 
When I got down here now, we started going to Panama City, Frantic Frenny Group, twice a week. We used to come to Destin, Fort Walton. Go to the Puniac Springs and all over there. They said, are you willing to go to any length for sobriety? And we travel. And a couple of us alcoholics got bright ideas starting a meeting there in Freeport. And you probably can't guess where the name come from. Freeport Troublemakers. <laughs> and they call me the head one because I like to stir them up a little bit. But somebody's got to stir us up. Or had to me that I weren't playing no damn game. Dad didn't mean nothing. It was sanity or insanity that was killing me. I knew I was insane. But I didn't know how to fix it. It's interesting, see, I knew something about that God all the time. I used to come stumbling into the door and I'd get my Bible out and I'd start reading my Bible. And she'd say, you drunk, so I'm a bitch. What the hell you think you're doing? But somewhere in my drunken insanity, I knew the answer was there. But I couldn't find it. I got in this program, I knew the answers were in the big book, but I couldn't find them. I knew I had to have help, but I didn't know how to ask for it. I didn't know who to ask for it. See, I didn't trust myself, so how could I trust you? Like John said, I developed the knack of reading people. I observe people's actions. It's like I do nature. Actions always speak louder than words. And they say it's a simple program for complicated people. But the big book says you can all get sober and clean and change your life and develop a new life. There's a lot of promises in that big book. Your spiritual life is not a theory. As a result of living this spiritual life, any promises will start happening for you. Sometimes slow and sometimes fast. But I had a lot of undoing in my life. I had to go backwards before I could go forward. But I was going forward all the time. 
I had to do that poison paper scale, going backwards, looking at self. And I had to make peace at self. I had to put that past where it belonged in the past. And only use it to help others see that this program works. I see many miracles sitting around here today. Professing alcoholics, we're not supposed to be here. Al-Anons, they're not supposed to be here. They're supposed to be out there chasing them alcoholics all over the country. One night she called my mother and said, well, he ain't come home. Will you go with me to hunt him? She said, my mother said, where the hell are you going to look for him? He's going to go to the big city. I drank on Madison Street. I drank on Wells Street. I think I drank on every street that had a bar in Chicago. Plus, out there in the mafia headquarters, Blue Island, weren't I drank out there because they had strip clubs out there. That was up my line. <laughs> See, I couldn't do nothing about it, but my mind still functioned a little bit. I thought I knew what I wanted. You know, I talked with Bob out of prison a few years back. Bob, he said. That night I was up for him and I was just uh, doing this. At that time I had a few years of Friday. I didn't know what was wrong, so I went to the doctor, and there's a big knot developed on my neck. I went through surgery with that knot. And the doctor there told her, we don't know if we're going to damage his vocal cords or not. But apparently that weren't God's will. Now somebody here needs to hear me today. See, at that time I knew everything was going to be all right. I just had that peace. I had no worry when I went in that operation. I just had a peace, uh, like I say, it passes all understanding. Humans can't understand it. See, sometimes, like I say, you got to go backwards before you can go forward. A lot of times we say, well, if I had this or if I had that. I could do this or I could do that. And I think somebody was talking about in the now. I read a book on about in the now. What am I doing right now to help my fellow alcoholic and myself? 
12 steps that I have to give this away. I talked to a man that was drinking one time. He had a few years around this program. and He said, Larry, when I quit giving this program away, I've lost it. I've seen many come and I've seen many go and I've seen a few stay. It's simple. The book tells it that anybody can recover. Now, that book is for life, the way I read it. That burn into them the spiritual aspect of this program. Tell you on the fourth step, get your spiritual life in order and the other to take care of itself. The male and the physical fault. Good impatient alcoholics, so we want to get the material and the mental effect and the hell with the spiritual. Like when I said in jail, God get me out of here. Then he get me out of there, that Budweiser, me and Budweiser didn't need God. Restored to sanity, I know today that I need a higher power sometime taking care of me. God, I can go crazy in a minute. It's that quick. My mind can snap. But see, this program is full of promises. Tell me on 85, I got a daily reprieve contingent upon my spiritual maintenance. That's a promise. I never have to use alcohol again, as long as I do certain things. I've got to follow the guidelines of this program in the big book of instruction, which was hammered out by the first hundred alcoholics. The first book part of books of theory. And the second part's an action on that theory, the personal story. I don't know why they took the professor and the paradox out of the big book. He had four paradoxes. Surrender. Give it away. Shake like hell and then be reborn. Then the second edition of the big book, and I always enjoyed that story. You know what the troublemakers meet? We got the man in the glass. And we usually read it at every one of our meetings. It isn't what other people think of you. It's what that man looking back at you, or a woman, alcoholic or alcoholic, what you think of each other. What do you think of that person? <coughs> My opinion, alcoholics are extremely intelligent people. Anybody that can scheme, deny, and get their way like we used to, cannot be done.
Little bod today getting me going. <laughs> you know, I could dance up a storm when I'd get me a few in. Not overcome that shy. You know, when I first got up here, I was a little bit tense. Because my higher power hadn't given me a message yet. I tried to let the power of this program talk to me and not me talk. Or ego, I'll get up there and tell you a bunch of damn lies. That is my habitual nature. The old Larry. I tell you today that I do something and I try to do it or else I'll let you know why I can't do it. You know that Opal last year, she was quite a gal. In Either Opal or the higher power, one or the other, didn't want you to hear this last year. <laughs> now, maybe you weren't ready for it. <laughs> or maybe I wasn't ready to give it. Everything happens when they're supposed to. You know, you learn to trust a God that you never trusted before. It ain't easy. When you're pulling that bell down a little bit tighter and you say, well, God, when's something coming here now? And just before the point of desperation, he sends you a little trickle down there. Now, I'm supposed to trust him? Yes. That's what them old timers told me. See, this program has carried on quite a few years. We've had a couple groups prior to AA, the Washingtonian and the Oxford movement. <coughs> they let money and politics get involved and they dissolve. I thank the God of AA that I'll fix that. I'll fix these alcoholics where they can't screw this thing up. <laughs> they give us the 12 traditions. We all serve each other. There are no leaders. We're all but trusted servants. That's a step in humility. The big man got to be a servant. Hmm. You know, in the 12 by 12, it's funny how I read it and how other people read it. Same thing with a big book. Third step. And the 12 by 12, read the serenity prayer. Then flip over to 12 step and reread that serenity prayer. And I wonder if it's my imagination or if there's a difference in that serenity prayer. 
How it works, I do not see I anywhere in that how it works. See, I was a problem. I can do it, thank you. Oh, turn my will and life over to God, yeah. Here I am, God. That's done. Restored to sanity. That's done. Hell, I'm not drunk today, so I must be sane. But then they get you with them a man's steps, them the good ones. We go out and make a man's road with a horn. All right, I do this. Go home, tell that little owl, no, I'm sorry, won't happen again. That's done. Wait a minute, they throw a tent step there in on me. And that's a corpse. <laughs> you promptly look at things and make a man promptly. Oh. Well, she had it coming. <laughs> if she hadn't pushed my button, this wouldn't have happened. Now, she knows I'm a recovering alcoholic, and she is supposed to be patient. Where's her Al-Anon program at? <laughs> you know them Al-Anons that know me? I saw a joke with them. Somebody said, I'm on here now and on joke. What is an owl non? <laughs> there you go. I shut them up then. <laughs> an owl non is an alcoholic too damn dumb to get drunk. I bet you won't want no more Al-Anon jokes. <laughs> you know, it's good to see people laugh. For many years, I didn't know how to laugh. I didn't see anything that was funny. Today I enjoy life a little bit. I go by and see Mama Sue ever so often and keep writing my day every now and then. Yeah, that damn alcoholic, he's showing his ass. <laughs> hey, well, it's his problem, he's got to work it. A lot of time we tend to be grateful for them Al-Anon that stood by us. Some did and some didn't. She said we've been married 30-something years, 36, I think. I don't know what the hell it is. <laughs> you know that story behind that, too. 
Now you say, alcoholic gum, and I'm going to prove to you right now he's not. Early on in life, I had a relationship, and I was engaged to a gal, and she gave me the shaft. Now, they want nothing to do with women, then this little owl nun come along. First thing I found out, she's a Catholic. That's great. <laughs> Why is Catholics great? They don't believe in divorce. <laughs> now, I had her hooked for life. <laughs> now, you tell me that an alcoholic is dumb. If that's not using your brain, what is? <laughs> a lot of it, I don't think we know what to do with the minds that we have. It gets us in trouble. I got a son, he's uh, got a speech handicap. He went to special education. When he was there, now the teacher would be explaining to the other kids what to do, and he'd already have it done. So being that his pattern out there dead, what he do? He got in trouble. Because he didn't have nothing to do. Same way with an alcoholic. You let him sit around long, long enough with nothing to do, He's going to create something. <laughs> Al-Anon, I think they just guilty because it says it's a family disease. You go back in the history of Al-Anon, they go from one alcoholic to another. Sometimes they divorce them or stay with them or whatever. But they divorce one and they jump right back with another one. But God give us a chance. Look around you at all the miracles. It's a miracle I'm here. God, I didn't do it. See, I found God's grace back there in 72. And that's the way I've lived up to the day. On his grace. He could do for me what I couldn't do for myself, the ABC. Oh, Kenny from New Hampshire up there said, I can't, God can't, I'm willing to let I remember him. I remember quite a few more. Old Jim from Canada, he was a very good friend of ours. He had quite a few years when he went to the big meeting. And then I've seen some that were put in the ground that didn't make it because they went back out. And I pray for them. God help them. I don't condemn nobody because I didn't make it the first time in this program like I told you earlier. It took me going back out and going to that hell and 
to give me that spiritual awakening like it talks about in the back of the big book. Most of mine has been of the educational variety. I can look back over my life and see how things have happened and how people entered my life. It's all due to the fellowship of AA and Al-Anon. With that, I see y'all getting restless. So. <laughs> I hope and know that somebody needs this message today. I don't know who you are, but you do. Thank you.